following message is presented by Erie Evangelical Free Church in Erie, Illinois. We are a church that exists for the good of our community and are proud to share the gospel of Jesus Christ as we seek to know him and make him known. Once again, I would remind you, in case you're mistaken, I'm not Jonathan. And uh, we were joking earlier that pastors are insecure people. And uh, I always used to worry when I would uh, go away and there would be someone filling in that uh, some of my biggest blow-ups in the church were from guest speakers. <laughs> and um, two worries, either they would uh, do something or say something that would offend people or upset people, or else they would be so good that when I came back, the church would go, eh, we like that guy better. Well, Jonathan has nothing to worry about. So, um, this is the July 4th, Independence Weekend, right? Uh, how many of you have some kind of party or cookout or get-together or celebration that you're going to be involved in? Okay, a few of you. Yeah, it's, um, it's that time. And I love history, as you know. 246 years ago today, July 3rd, 1776, the representatives of the 13 colonies were meeting together in Philadelphia. And on that day, they were debating and revising and uh, making changes to a document that had been presented to them by a committee of five people. This committee had been formed on June 11th of that year, in 1776, and it was made up of two guys that we've probably never heard of, Robert R. Livingston and Robert Sherman, and then three guys that, well, went on to become known a little bit, Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, and Thomas Jefferson. And they were given the task of writing a document that would explain to the American people, to the people of the colonies, why uh, independence was necessary. And so they set to work, and, and, and it's pretty clear that most of the work was assigned by the committee to Thomas Jefferson, because he was probably the most eloquent writer at that time. 33 years old. Isn't that amazing? And he wrote it, and then they made changes like, uh, probably Benjamin Franklin suggested a change because Thomas Jefferson had written that we hold these truths to be sacred and undeniable that all men are created equal. Now that's not the way it reads, right? Jeff uh, Franklin probably suggested, well, let's try self-evident. So now we read that document and it goes, oh, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal equal. But they brought that document to the Continental Congress. And on July 1st, July 1st, <coughs> the Continental Congress met and once again they were debating about independence. A resolution had been placed before them written uh, by Richard Henry Lee of Virginia and submitted on June 7th. And it said this, that these united colonies are and ought to be 
free and independent states. It was a declaration of independence, and it was presented to, to the Continental Congress, and they debated it on July 1st. And then on July 2nd, they voted to accept that resolution. So in a way, you could argue that the real Declaration of Independence was signed on July 2nd. And in fact, John Adams wrote a letter to his wife and he said, the second day of July, the second day of July, 1776, will be the most memorable epoch in the history of America. And I have to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It should be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations. Fireworks. From one end of this continent to the other, from this time forward and forevermore. July 2nd. He got the celebration right, didn't he? So no matter what day you celebrate this weekend, do we have that picture? Can you pop that picture I mean, are you familiar with this? You may be familiar with it. I believe it's a picture that hangs in the rotunda of um, the Library of Congress. And it's supposedly the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Well, it's not. Um, it's completely wrong because the delegates did not sign the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, 1776. It was only approved that morning and everybody scattered and they sent it to a printer who printed out copies and then later, August 2nd, on through the fall, delegates, as they could, signed the Declaration of Independence. But we like this, because it kind of fits a neat picture of history. It was an amazing, you think about that time. Well, and, and we look at this, we see old men. Oh, no, 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 Ben Franklin was the oldest man at 56. Everybody else was in their 20s and 30s. So, probably wondering, okay, great that you like history, but what a waste of five minutes on the worship service. Uh, it's not. It's not. Why go into all this history stuff, and, and why does it matter? Well, to a great number of people in our world, it doesn't matter. Most people today will go about July 4th celebrations today and tomorrow, and not even give a second thought to what this stands for and what it means to us as a country and as a people. I've had very few people celebrating this weekend and, and perhaps many of us here have never heard those details or read those stories. But we need to remember that as both citizens of the United States and as followers of Jesus Christ, something I've said many times before, History matters. History matters. Just not to us history geeks, but to any of us who want to understand and, and have a full gratitude for what we have as, as citizens of this United States and as followers of Christ, as we're going to see in a moment. It matters. How we got here matters. 
remembering why those events in the summer of 76 took place, it matters. Remembering why we have all the freedoms that we enjoy, it matters. Most of all, because freedom matters. It is because all the events that we celebrate this weekend, the incredible, unlikely moment in history, happened because all men, all of God's creation, all of God's creatures, had in their hearts a burning yearning for the same thing, freedom. <clears throat> How many of you would like to be oppressed? Oh, no, I am. No, we don't want to be oppressed. We want to be free. <laughs> I grew up in the 60s. Half the songs were, people everywhere just want to be free. It was all freedom songs. That's all we had. had no idea what it meant. We had no idea what freedom was. We just knew we wanted it. So I want you to look at one verse of Scripture with me this morning. If you would turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And Paul is talking to, uh, uh, to people who really just don't get it. They have reverted back to old ways. And he says to them very simply these words. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Now there's a redundancy in that and I think it's uh, intended as such that repetition it is for freedom that Christ has set you free well okay understand that could you just have said Christ set us free yeah but this has an emphasis to it it's the same kind of thing that you find um, in, in 1st Timothy chapter 6 where it says as followers of Christ we are to take hold of the life that is truly life. Take hold of the life that is truly life. I have a friend who told me one night in a meeting, said he had, I think he said he had a doctor friend, an older doctor friend, who was talking about diets and exercise and taking care of ourselves and, and protecting ourselves and all of that stuff. And it's all this stuff. But he said, you know what? Here's the simple truth. You have to live. You have to do whatever you have to do to live. But you got to live. You understand the difference? I can protect myself from the harms of the world by staying in the house 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Is that living? It's the same with freedom. We can be free and yet not really be free. 
There's an old story that floats around that preachers love to tell about a guy who was uh, convicted of a crime that he did not commit, put in prison for the rest of his life, couldn't stand it, couldn't take it. Finally an opportunity came and he escaped out into the Everglades of Florida where he was never going to be found, but, but he was running constantly from, from the law and, and finally back in the courtroom, someone came forward with evidence that cleared him of the crime. And the judge pardoned him, released him. He was now a free man in the eyes of the law. But was he? He was running around the Everglades, convinced he was still in jail. You can be free and not be free. Far too many Christians live the same way. For in Christ we have been set free. That's what Jesus came to do. It's what Jesus rose from the grave to do. It's what Jesus ascended into heaven to do. It's what Jesus will come back to do. To set us free. It's really our, the first point that I wanted to drive home to you today. That there is a problem with freedom. There is a problem with freedom. And it's that that we simply don't embrace it. We don't understand it. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. We're going to talk a bit about more about that in a moment. Secondly, there is a perspective of freedom that we need to understand. Freedom, both as we look at it from a historical perspective as we do this weekend for our country, or as we look at it from a spiritual perspective, points in two directions. It points in two directions. First, there is a freedom from. A freedom from. You say, a freedom from what? Well, let's look at the 13 colonies and the Continental Congress. What were they seeking freedom from? They were seeking freedom from oppression by a king who was thousands of miles away, who had no understanding of their realities and their way of life. Who was taxing them without any input from them about, or any concern about what it was doing to their lives, to their economy. So they were seeking freedom from. As believers, we, we come to Jesus and the freedom that he gives us is a freedom from, well, first of all, death. Romans makes it clear that we're not going to die. We're going to live forever in the presence of our God. Oh, come on. Somebody should say Yahoo or Hallelujah or <laughs> Praise the Lord or something for that one. Get a grief. That's the king pin right there, man. We have freedom from death. I... I love, I love Walter. Because he and I talk every once in a while about, you know, whether it was COVID or whatever else it was. And, and you ask him about it and he'll just reply, heaven's going to be a wonderful place. 
about that? Why do you cling so hard to this life? We have freedom from sin. Yeah, we're sinners. And we mess it up constantly. I love the words of Paul. He says, among sinners of whom I am chief, and I'm thinking, no, Paul, I am. Let's fight over this one. I am chief. We have freedom from oppressive religion. The have-tos, you know, the rules to follow. We have freedom in Jesus Christ. We have freedom from fear. How many times in the scripture, and I did not, I didn't reference this, but I should have, the number of times that God says, do not fear. Have courage. We have freedom from all those things. But there's also another perspective of freedom, which is a freedom to. Freedom to. For the colonies, when they met in that summer of 1776, it was a freedom to choose their own destiny, to follow their path, to take this fledgling country in whatever direction they would guide it. And, and it's kind of hilarious to me because seriously, they had no idea what they were going to do. <laughs> it was like, hey, we're free! Oh, now what do we do? And a lot of us as believers, I think that's why when we talk about freedom, it's like, oh, what does that mean to me? The colonists have meant choosing their destiny. For us, it means we have freedom to live. We have freedom to live. We talked about fear. You know what? I, I think we, hopefully we learned some things through the last three years, through COVID and all the rest. And I'm disappointed in me and sometimes in us as, as a church that we lived in far too much fear. We have freedom to live apart from all of the fear-mongering that goes on. We have freedom to experience and express the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. This is so cool, isn't it? We, we get to show love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. By the way, I did read that list because yesterday I was telling Judy about this and I said, I, I started rattling off uh, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, and Hayden, who is what? She'll be five. Says, Papa left out kindness. <laughs> you think our kids aren't learning some things in this church? Here's the one you may not like, but it's the freedom to sacrifice and to suffer for the name of Jesus. Paul said, didn't he? I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. 
I want to live for Jesus. I want to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Paul saw that as a privilege. We have the freedom to sacrifice and to suffer for Jesus Christ. Here's a biggie. Yeah, I love this. We have freedom to embrace and participate in the greatest mission ever assigned to mankind. To walk in Jesus' steps and to love and to serve and to seek the lost as he did. Remember Matthew 28, 19? Go, by the way, in the NIV at least, it says, go, comma, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. I believe with all my heart that passage says, you, me, every single one of us in this room and in this church and in the body of Christ are commanded as we go, wherever we go. You don't have to be a missionary. You are a missionary. You don't have to be a preacher or a pastor or a teacher. You are. And wherever you go, wherever your steps are take you, whatever job you have, wherever your workplace is, wherever your school is, wherever your baseball team takes you, you are a child of God, a follower of Christ, and a disciple and a missionary. get to do that. That's all stuff that we have freedom to do. Finally, for it is freedom that Christ has set you free. There is a peril of freedom. A peril. Here's the problem in a nutshell. Those of us who are most blessed by freedom with the passage of time forget the great price that was paid for that freedom. When those men met in Philadelphia in the summer of 70... Why can't get that up? 1776 voted on July 2nd to separate from the colonies from England. They were signing their death warrants. They were now traitors to the king of England. And being a traitor was punishable by one thing, death. They could be hunted down and put to death. Now, gotta say this because it's so much fun. Here's the really, really cool thing in all of this. I'm standing here in a room full of traitors. You rascals, you. <laughs> we are all traitors. We all jump ship. We all switch teams. Don't know what I'm talking about? Okay, let me read to you. From Romans chapter 5, I don't want you to turn there, but Romans 5, verses 6 through 10. You see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. 
Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now we are pretty familiar with all that. Since we have not been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, listen, 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 listen. For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved? His life. Did you ever think about that? Maybe some of you came to Christ very young in your life, and, and that's wonderful. I, I was 27. Those years leading up to that, I was an enemy of Christ. I was on the wrong team. I was playing for the wrong king. And thankfully, through the love and witness of friends and the power of God's word, and and I'll tell you right now, Christian music that spoke to my heart. I jumped ship. I became a traitor to the enemy. And by the way, in case you haven't figured it out, when you do that, and when you jump ship, when you become a traitor to Satan, he ain't happy. He ain't happy. And when Satan ain't happy, you make life pretty tough sometimes. What's John say? <coughs> Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater. No matter how powerful, no matter how strong, no matter what Satan may throw at us, traitors, our God is bigger. Amen? Our God is an awesome God. Amen? How great thou art. Amen. So we're enemies, traitors. But all of this is such good stuff. But we tend to forget. When you're 70, almost 72, you forget a lot of things. No question about that. But all of us tend to forget the blessings and how those blessings came to be. We forget that an amazing God poured out a love so great that He would send His one and only Son that whoever should believe in Him will not perish but have eternal life. We forget the incredible blessings that we have the incredible freedom we should be enjoying in Christ. And that's why we celebrate a weekend like this, right? We celebrate July 4th weekend to remember July 4th. Not because it's a day of parties and, and cookouts and all that stuff that's wonderful and that's great. Just what John Adams said we should be doing. But we should remember why we're doing it. 
And that's why for these next few moments, we're going to turn our attention to taking the cup and the wafer and remember what Jesus Christ has done for us. For it is freedom that Christ has set us free. Remember? Remember? Remember. History? Father, as we still our hearts and prepare to take the, the bread of the cup, um, let us do so today. Okay. I, I, I don't, God, we talk about this all the time. Sometimes we, we come before you with with the cup and the bread in our hand and we come in, in somber remembrance we come um, remorseful because of our our own sin and stupidity today we come joyfully remembering the freedom that you have given us a freedom far greater than any any document can give us in this land any any gathering of men Only the freedom that you give us is what matters. So Father, for a few moments, we pause as Paul, by the guidance of your spirit, reminded us that we ought to examine ourselves before we come. And in this time of examination today, let's, God, just, we want to just say, Thank you and praise you. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about Erie Evangelical Free Church or our ministries, please visit www.eriefree.com or join us in person at 1409 16th Avenue, Erie, Illinois.